Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there. Hi. Welcome to the program. Uh, it is July 30th, which means that tomorrow is my sister's birthday. And uh, she, she joins us uh, now from Chicago. Hi, Suze. Hi, feeling aged and decrepit. Yeah, right. No, but you're not. Um, <clears throat> well, happy birthday, a little early. <clears throat> well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, that was not a sigh, that was a groan. I, I'm trying so hard not to start the show with a sigh, but uh, it, it's hard. It just, you know, it just comes. It comes. Well, I mean, do we have to go right into it? We could we could talk about the, uh, you know, another another woman that not, none of us know who did things that uh, nobody knew because men took credit for it. Okay, what, who are you talking about? Uh, I'm talking about a woman named uh, Cecilia Payne. Cecilia Payne. 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 P-A-Y-N-E. Anybody? Anybody know who she is? No. What'd she do? Well, she's the woman that discovered the composition of our universe. The textbooks simply say that the most abundant atom in the universe is hydrogen, and no one ever wonders how we, knew, how we know. And we know because Cecilia Payne figured it out. And, and then... Uh, she made this, this discovery. She was told by this man, Henry Norris Russell, a fellow astronomer, who is usually given credit for discovering that the sun's composition is different from the Earth's, but he came to his conclusions four years later than Payne after telling her not to publish. <laughs> and when was all this? Uh, was, are these uh, guys long is- dead? Uh, since her death in 1979, so she was doing this work, you know, in the, probably in the 40s and the uh-huh. 50s. Uh-huh. Um, she's the reason we know basically everything about variable stars, stars whose brightness as seen from Earth fluctuate. Literally every other study on variable stars is based on her work. She was the first woman to be promoted to full professor from within Harvard and is awful, also often credited with breaking the glass ceiling for women in the Harvard Science Department and in astronomy, as well as inspiring entire generations of women to take up science. But nobody knew about her. Well, she started so, at Cambridge. Yeah, you know. there's so, so many of these women lost to his story. Stop and think about that. His his story. His story. Yeah. Lost to his story. Um, And that is true, obviously, of of non-white folks um, as well. Well, of course, but they were we were all the property of men. So whatever we did, they owned anyway. So, Susan, you're going to start the show off with this. uh, With the patriarchy stuff? No. <laughs> well, I've but got. I, was, to, I actually have something um, on on that uh, to talk about. This is a yes. this is a story uh, that I've 
mentioned before because every time I've seen something about it, I've been so stunned. I mean, the first time I read about it must have been years ago, and it was about a woman in Indonesia uh, who was a bookkeeper at a high school there. And um, there was a new principal, and and he just from day one began uh, harassing her sexually. Uh, unbelievably lewd comments, blah, blah, blah. He would call her home um, and ask that she perform certain sex acts. She was um, married and the mother of two. And so she finally, this is I re- the first time I read this, she, she recorded one of his phone calls so that she could prove that what he, he was doing to her. She was arrested. Yeah. (laughs) She was charged, listen to this, with distributing obscene material. Namely, what her boss was saying to her on the phone. So the minute she recorded it and then said to somebody, here is what he's doing to me, she was charged with a crime. He was never charged with a crime. She served two months in jail while awaiting trial. And this all happened, this started happening six years ago. The, the final chapter is finally written. Um, in between, in between, uh, her case went to the, appealed to the Supreme Court of Indonesia which uh, said, no, she's guilty. And not only is she guilty, what did they, they told her she was going to have to serve, I forget how many years, six months in jail. A three-judge panel found her guilty, sentenced her six months in jail, and imposed a $35,000 fine. Fine. And then there's another appeal, and to a different three male judge panel that counts as a Supreme Court, I guess, and they uh, upheld <coughs> the guilty verdict. And um, one of somebody said, "Men must be protected. She is an ungrateful person and does not know her place." Yep. So this is going on right now. So this got a lot of publicity. The fact is, is there's no Indonesian law against sexual harassment that is not physical. So everything this guy was doing, her boss was doing to her, was perfectly legal. There was no law that he couldn't call her at home and say, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. Blah, 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 blah. He, by the way, was promoted. His career flourished while she sat in, in jail and lost her job. So here's the final story. It finally, I saw that it finally has come to an end. Um, the president of Indonesia 
Joko with Dodo. <laughs> Sorry, his name doesn't translate well into our language, does it? No, Joko with Joko with Dodo. Yeah, no. Joko and Dodo. Yeah, it doesn't give him much. No, no gravitas no. or anything. Credibility. No, no, it doesn't not, give him a no. lot of credibility. Sorry, but okay. I mean, we're just being obnoxious here about that. Anyway, right, right, right. So um, he is expected to uh, grant her amnesty. <laughs> and um, he's going to wipe her you know, record clear. Meanwhile, she served a lot of time in jail. Yeah. And had six years of her life upended. And she was not somebody who wanted to be some feminist uh, troublemaker. No, she just wanted to be not tortured. Yeah. And uh, as I said, the guy never charged with a, a thing, a thing. So um, she has said she's grateful for the res, res, support she's received. And um, she's certainly become a feminist. She says, if we stay silent, the men who commit these acts will feel they are above us. We have to be brave. You bet. So um, <clears throat> that is uh, a woman's lot. I have one more. I didn't know you were going to start on this, uh, you know, woman thing. So I just have one more that I'm going to toss into the hopper here. Did you happen to see, Susan? It was appalling. Uh, maybe a few days ago, maybe last week, Trump uh, met or had a photo op with a bunch of people from around the world, many of whom were not white, who had um, had suffered um, all kinds of calamity because of war. You know, they'd been uh, tortured, they'd been this, they'd been that, blah, 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 blah. And he, for some reason, I'm not sure what the photo op was, there he was sitting at his desk and behind him, you know, and uh, over, to, you know, all around him are these uh, people. Um, and one woman who was standing right next to him started to speak to him. And she began to tell him her story. And uh, turns out, and I didn't know it as I was watching this video, she won the Nobel Peace Prize last year. She is a, uh, a Yazidi woman who lived, I would imagine, in, um, that's in uh, Iraq. And ISIS came calling and uh, killed her mother, slaughtered her six brothers, took her captive as a sex slave. Uh, all this happened in 2014. This amazing woman, her name is Nadia Mur Murad, uh, and she has somehow she somehow she survives, and not only survives but goes on to start this campaign to end sexual violence against women as part of warfare. 
right. as a war tactic, right? Which has been going on, of course, forever. Yeah. She now lives in Germany. She can't return to her her home. And um, she's sitting there telling Trump, um, "I cannot go back. Uh, we, uh, I, I can't. My family is gone." Um, and as she's telling this story, which is like unbelievable, he doesn't even look at her. He's in that hunched over sort of, every once in a while he turns and sort of like uh, gives her some kind of a blank stare. Actually, Roger Cohen wrote a piece in the New York Times about it because he was as appalled as I. He saw it too. And he says, allow me to render the scene in the present tense. Trump sits there at his desk, an uncomprehending, unsympathetic, uninterested cardboard dummy. He looks straight ahead much of the time, not at her, his chin jutting in his best effort at a Mussolini pose. He cannot heave his bulk from the chair for this brave young woman. He cannot look at her. Every now and again, in a disdainful manner, he swivels his head toward her and other survivors of persecution. And then, this is, this is the part that's unbelievable, and she says to Trump, they killed my mom, my six brothers. Trump finally speaks. He says, where are they now? <gasps> Where are they now? She just said they killed my mo uh, mom and my six brothers. Where are they now, says Donald Trump. And she looked taken aback for a minute and then said, they are in mass graves in Sinjar. And then... And then Trump um, says, oh, yeah, I know that area very well. Oh, no. You know he doesn't. And then he says, it's tough. Toward the end of this unbelievable video, Trump asks this woman what he's really wondering. The whole time. He literally... Did you enjoy this act? No, no, no! <laughs> Why? What? You act shocked. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he asked her how she got the Nobel Prize. It was like, how'd you get, why'd you get the Nobel Prize? You know what's in his head. How did you get it? And I didn't. Uh, right. He says, they gave it to you for what reason? This is after she'd been telling him <coughs> everything that she's done and what she'd been through. And all he could think of, and she got the Nobel Prize? And Trump, when he says, they gave it to you for what reason? And she 
This woman says to him, for what reason? That's, I mean, she was, at that point, she, she was like, I think, feeling like she'd fallen down a rabbit hole. Right. She said, I, I made it clear to everyone that ISIS raped thousands of Yazidi women. Now Trump's interested. Oh, really? Is Trump's next response? Is that right? Is that not unbelievable? Yeah, I mean, I just have a bellyache. Because, if you I mean, haven't seen that, period, look it up. Now I, his purient interest is just, they, yeah. thus my comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? But she'd already told him all that. He wasn't even listening to any of it. Of course not. He was thinking about that shot on the eighth uh, green. Yeah. And, 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 and Roger Cohen says, I have watched that exchange several times. I could not. I saw it once, and I was... And, 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 and Cohen says, it is scary. This man is inhuman. Something is missing in his boundless self-absorption. He is capable of anything. A woman who was taken as a sex slave. That's going to... That's gonna, have any impact on him? I grabbed no, by the just trying to figure out whether there's anything he could use there to, you know, get himself closer. He's going, okay, I could have sex. I, I, um, okay. So, I mean, those two things, I've sort of ha- ha- hung on to those two things for a few days because I just, it's so women's lot is still, <laughs> and I mean, we, a woman like me, has very little, if anything, to complain about. But women are still enduring the most evil horror all over this world, this patriarchal world. And this country now, represented by this repulsive man. Can you imagine what would all those people who are standing around him, who have endured things that none of us can imagine. They didn't get into the Oval Office because they had a, you know, they played a good, uh, they won a championship or something. No. They were there representing people who have suffered beyond belief. And he can't even Look them in the eye. They killed my mom and my six brothers. And where are they now? So, I mean, the idea that this guy could get reelected, if he's reelected, then this country is shit. That's all I want to say. I'm sorry, Susan. It's okay. I, you know, I, I am, I am in a constant rage because I've just, I'm, I really am 
coming to terms with how um, with with how culturally stacked the deck is against everyone that isn't male and that isn't in white. this country white right and um you know and and i've been focusing lately on on how our justice system works because the very fact that we have it split into two things criminal wrongs and civil wrongs right and that the, and that the two do not meet allows white men to commit huge crimes with massive effects on the country, on individuals, perhaps even causing death. Oh, sure. And to you do bet. no more than face a corporate crime. That's right, because they go into and, the civil and, and to be even able to shield their own names. And I am so over it. I, I mean, I want the men and women, but mostly men, because that's how they rigged it. So they, although Wells Fargo did first fire a woman when they got caught, <laughs> their best idea was to fire a woman first. It took them three years to fire the man who was the CEO. But a woman they fired. You know, so I just, I, I just think that we need to really take a good, hard look at why the person that kills one person might be executed, rightly or wrongly, by the way, and the person that causes millions to live in rat-infested holes, to die from their conditions, to refuse them affordable health care, to, to jack up the prices of their drugs so they die from a disease like diabetes. That guy pays a fine. Oh, excuse me. He doesn't pay a fine. No. His corporation, His pays, corporation a fine. pays a and fine. And they pay it to the government that allowed them to commit these offenses anyway and to whom they were paying off to get favorable legislation. So look at, look at the money trail. The worst that happens to them is they pay the guys that let them do it in the first place to let them continue to do it. That's right. Yes. Yes and yes. You know, it's I, I, I read about some guy uh, who spent his career, you know, doing uh, hedge funds and all that. He uh, did a lot of work for Facebook, G GM, Google. He's a longtime lawyer for the insurance giant uh, American International Group, blah, blah, blah. And then he, he left. And... He retired about a decade ago, and he just started looking at the world in a different way, and he's come up. He, he finally realized. Here's what he says. I'm just going to. He says that the people he worked for, the corporate executives he worked for, he says, are legally obligated to act like sociopaths. And here's what he says. I mean, this is true. The corporate entity is obligated to care only about itself, right? And to define right. what is good as what makes it more money. Pretty close 
to a textbook case of antisocial personality disorder. And corporate persons are the most powerful people in our world. In other words, the whole system we have set up, this capitalist system and the corporate system, really is sociopathic. It's well, what yes, you're but here's, talking about. It, yes, and, and so, so now let's pretend that we're in the movie 2001 and Hal has taken over. Mm-hmm. We are not floating in space. We are not going to have our oxygen cut off. What we have to do is vote the, excuse me, because I'm about to swear here, motherfuckers out. Yeah. And we need, to, we need to start all over. We need to start all over where the oligarchs don't get to write the laws that favor only them. And if they do, by small chance, go to prison. They got a mix. There's no such thing as as higher class criminals and lower class criminals. There will just be criminals, and they will be mixed in a general prison population, just like every other lousy creep that gets thrown in for any other reason. I'm tired with the bifurcation. Every place you look, it is bifurcated and twisted so that white men, even if they pay, don't pay as hard. That's it. And it needs to stop. It needs to take white people like us to say, you know what, they're, they're, all that shit they've been saying, they're right. Well... Um, I don't know how we do it because yeah, I mean it, it, that would you're to dismantle. We do it with a lot of hard work. Well, law by dismantling law. We ask our Congress to stop with all this political bullshit and get back to the job of saving our country, legislating and deep and 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 taking the power out of corporations and giving it back to the people. Uh-huh. And how's the Supreme Court going to um look on this? Oh, they can I think if you if you pass well, there's nothing unconstitutional about taking power away from a corporation. Well, you point what? to where that said. Well, because the Supreme Court has decided the corporations are people and the corporations oh, no, have no, free no, speech. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We can do this. We can we can legislate. Well, you betcha we can. <clears throat> All right. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> if there are people, put their sorry asses in jail. <clears throat> okay. Susan, do we have something light to talk about? Oh, I got something here that's local. Okay. Because I a just baby in a freeze. Well, okay. <laughs> the mummified baby in the freezer. Yeah, in St. Louis of all places. Oh, is that where that was? Okay, never mind. Yeah. That's not what I wanted to do. I, this is a local <laughs> story that I just saw. Um, police from uh, one uh, in one of the little towns here, West Mifflin, have put out a picture of a woman from a security camera as she's walking away from the West Mifflin Walmart. And they are um, wanting her identified because they want to get her because 
they said that she <laughs> urinated on potatoes at the Walmart on Century Drive. That's all it says. Uh. Well, how? First of all. How do you urinate well, on potatoes in a... She hopped well, up on the table in which they were carefully uh, mounted well, yeah. um, and either did or did not uh, expose herself as she sat there and peed. That's how I imagine she did it. But how what, do you imagine she did well, it? Well, <laughs> yeah, but she's, you know, she's not wearing a skirt. She's wearing pants, so she would have had to... Pull them down. If she's not wet, she pulled them but down. But why would... What, 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 I mean, well, you had to run. It's certainly a hostile act. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was it, a, few, a week ago or something? There was some big hoo-ha about some woman taking some ice cream out of a Walmart uh, freezer and licking the... Well, there's a, and there's a picture of a, of a uh, perfectly respectable-looking uh, white-haired man just taking a ladle out of a soup... Uh, 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 at at Whole Foods and drinking out of it and putting it back in. So clearly that stuff, I don't know about peeing on a mound of potatoes, but um, that's not a sanitary way to get your soup. If you want to get your soup, get the stuff that they've packaged for you and put in a cold place and heat it up. Yeah. Anyway, Walmart says we're we're working with the West Mifflin Police Department to find this woman and have her prosecuted because you can't pee on potatoes at Walmart. We still have some standards. There was a mad runner defecator that was on the loose, too, and it turned out to be some woman that, you know, would run and have to poop, and she'd just squat on people's front lawns. Well... What was she supposed to do? Uh, stop running and try and contain yourself and then uh, find a place appropriate. Or perhaps go to the bathroom before you go for your run. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, I cannot, I can't beat uh, a woman jumping on a pile of potatoes in West Mifflin and peeing on them at the Walmart, but just... Just so you know, if you're heading over to the West Mifflin Walmart, you might want to avoid... Wash your potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> now, Walmart insisted that they completely got rid of the potatoes and disinfected the area. Um, also, I agree with Roger here. Roger says, Susan's talking about revolution. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she is. Uh <laughs> <laughs> is he upset by that? No. I think you excited him. He's Oh, okay. He's hot to trot now. He wants to get out there and yeah. Chuck writes on the heels of Trump's racist attack on the four women. I'm not going to use the word squad because I know it's their term, but I can't stand it. I On the heels of Trump's racist attacks on the four women, Elijah Cummings and Al Sharpton yesterday, Trump held a meeting, yes, with 20 African-American faith leaders, inner-city faith leaders. Um, he has this group of 20, excuse me, Uncle Tom and Aunt Thomas, Thomasinas, who back him up. 
when he needs them. And one of them is named Alveda King. And she is the niece of Martin Luther King. What a revolting human being she must be. She was at the White House backing up Trump, saying he wasn't a racist, and nor that his words or actions have emboldened white supremacists. She says, no, no, no. No, no, no. Isn't that something? I mean, it really is. I mean, it's just like. Ah! Uh, we have a caller. Caller, go ahead, please. Hey, this is Curtin Swissvale. Hi, Curtin Swissvale. Hey, I just have to caution Susan on going off the deep end and making assumptions based on facts that aren't in evidence. Which the one? Woman, the woman did. There's nothing in that article that says the woman actually mounted the potatoes. She just. <laughs> <laughs> the woman did not mount the potatoes. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, no know, need I mean, to make this sexual, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> Ever the engineer, I just imagine she grabbed the bag of potatoes, put it on the floor, and squatted. Well, they but wouldn't anyway. Have... <laughs> I don't think so. I like Susan's image. I'm so glad you called. To... I, I'm really relieved you called to argue about that. <laughs> Did you say Susan's relieved, Susan? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. All right. So, I like Susan's right. image bit. Yeah. Okay. Bye, Kurt. Okay. Bye. She mounted. I guess I said mount, huh? You did say mount. I think you did. She I, mounted I the I potatoes. Because <laughs> I... Oh, dear. Oh, God. Uh, Although, I, you know, I would... Did you read David Brooks today? About Rodan? He was, writes about a woman who wrote a book about Rodan. No, I thought and his thing was key. something about that's what it was about. I saw the headline and I it wasn't interested. It was about jerks. Yeah, right. Jerks. Um, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So this is about a woman who writes a book about uh, the uh single pur- single purposed men like uh you know that like Rodan who who was a jerk to all of those around him, you know, because he was just so single minded about his what art. he did. Mhm. And 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 uh, and his protege, who was uh, Rilke, that I and I didn't understand. I never knew there was that relationship. Not that I paid any attention, but he he had much the same. He took that from his mentor, Rodin, that he should be single purposed, and and he too was a jerk to his wife and children. Um, but it just, and then he goes on to say that maybe women. So, the, so the, the 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 person that lives a singular life turns out to be less successful, actually, than studies show people that are equally driven but have a avocation as well. And it turns out that a lot of these people's avocation is in the arts, singing, acting, you know, theater, some way. Which just made me laugh because now he's describing my husband, right? Mm-hmm. This single-minded guy who devoted all of his time to his work, but then goes and gets his master's in theater arts so that he can play while working, right? Right, right. 
it's all it's all in the service of the same thing but it's and and he and he wasn't for the most part a jerk my husband <laughs> no he was not <laughs> He but um, so now he's describing someone that I read, and then he turns the corner and says, "Maybe women have have known, have had it right all along. That the the life well lived is written is lived more like a five pointed star with you know with with hands all over the place in 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 work in family in community only because they didn't have any choice, but you know that it tends to make for a happier life." A well-rounded life, yes. A well-rounded life, which leads to a better life. Mm -hmm. This is true. Which made me feel more affirmed because I have lived my life sort of serial that way. I have had serially that way. I have periods of work. I have periods of... Um, of of mothering, I have periods of you know other kinds of things, and then more caregiving, and I feel like that's led to a full and good life. Yeah. So you know, a lot of these. Look, uh, so a lot other of these... people have accused me of being scattered. I just want to say that. So I have felt also affirmed by that article. <laughs> well, that's you know, good. So anyway, good. just wanted to say that this morning. Okay. Hey, uh, Brian writes, any chance of getting Stan Saverin on as a guest? He's taken August off his radio show. He has a passion for politics as much as sports. I think it would be a great show. Uh, Brian, uh, Stan, and I are in um, negotiations now. He's definitely going to be on the show um, as soon as we can find uh, a date that works for both of us. Uh, Susan, Stan Saverin has been on... uh, television and radio here as long as I have. Actually, he was a year ahead of me when I got here. And uh, he's smart as hell and a great guy. So I I look forward to uh, having him on. Just wanted to say that. Um, All right. Uh, Do we have to say what Trump said yesterday, which was just mind-blowing, when he's signing the bill uh, that gives uh, the first 9-11 first responders... Uh, uh, oh, you mean how he was there with them? Yeah. How I was there, you know. I was down there, you know. Here's what he said. And I was down... He's surrounded by these people, most of whom are dying from... Right. There. And these courageous people. And he says... And I was down there also. I mean, I'm not considering myself a first responder, but I was down there. I spent a lot of time down there with you. How? Now, we know he's a pathological liar, but how? How do you tell a lie like that? In front and in the company of people who know it to be a lie. And wouldn't you have loved, I mean, I'm sorry, but I wish one of those guys had not said what he was thinking. Just like the people around him that had suffered all kinds of uh, horrors in war as they stood around him. I want these people to start screaming in his presence. I do, too. I mean, can't one person just cough into their hands and say, bullshit? <clears throat> you don't even have to do that. All, you, <laughs> you can have the courage to say, 
That is not true, Mr. President. Right. That is not true. He needs to be called out and shamed. And people get cowed. People get cowed because they're in the Oval Office and he's saying this stuff. The two people most responsible for getting that legislation passed, Trump did not invite to the signing ceremony. The Congresswoman, Carolyn Maloney, who was the driving force for that, was not invited. She's a Democrat. And, of course, John Stewart, who through his eloquence and indefatigable work to get this bill passed, is really responsible. And he, of course, was not invited. Not that he would have gone, I don't think. Um... So some, the New York Times put together some things that he has said about 9-11, and they're all just these bald-faced lies. Well, I mean, he started, the, the first one was when he was running and started about yeah. watching people cheering in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also has said that he watched people jump with his own eyes through a solid gold telescope he had at Trump Tower. I don't know, I could be looking with a telescope at Trump Tower. Well, could he be at Trump Tower and down there at the same time? He told German television two days after 9-11, uh, I have a lot of men down there right now. We have over 100 and we have 125 coming will be involved in some form helping to reconstruct. Every statement a lie. He had nobody there. And he was not there. And in fact, the one thing he did say, and this is known, is he said to somebody that now he had owned the tallest building or something, right? Right? Right. Also, he said he gave donations to charities that were set up uh, for the relief effort. Um, however, the New York City controller said there he had no no evidence whatsoever that the $10,000 pledge that Trump said he made after the attacks had ever been given to the Twin Towers Fund, which is what Trump said he had given to. He just... And $10,000, by the way, from him, is like throwing a penny at a homeless person. Well, you don't know that. You have to I mean, for all we know, he's only got fifteen thousand dollars, <laughs> uh, and it's somebody else's money too. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I mean, and forty percent of the country will vote for this guy. Yep. What is wrong with people? Do they teach their children to lie? I mean, I don't understand how. I mean, they have to know. That he's some of these lies have got to penetrate their heads. Some of them, and they they just 
brush them off? They don't care. <laughs> I don't. They don't care. They 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 absolutely grant him his you know let's call them his quirks, um, and because for some reason they're getting they like the direction this country is going. They they like. The, they like keeping the others out. They they like seeing their portfolios go up. I this is the 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 people who live their lives by the the corporate credo of greed. You know are happy and and openly scornful of ethics. So we do you know at this point I'm sorry. Yeah, they are deplorable. That was a print, the prescient comment. Yeah. Hey, you know what these guys are? not wrong. Yeah. They are deplorable doesn't even begin to. The people uh, that do it twice are deplorable. The people that do it twice are deplorable. The people that went, oh, and do it right the next time. Okay. Yeah. Um, You know what these... So Trump and his guys, you know, his uh, the Trump administration now is uh, is going to kick um, is is going to start throwing people off of SNAP, which is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, which is one of those government programs that has done incredible and provable. Uh, good for Americans living in poverty. And yeah, well, you know, no big deal. Our child thro- mortality rate will merely go up. Big he's deal. going after millions of children. You talk about, you know, taking, he's taking food out of the mouths of the poorest people. These are the same people because we have to save money. These are the people. He's taking food out of the mouths of babes and putting it in corporate pockets. Yeah, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing, and it's not just he's doing; it's the Republicans. Every single friggin' one of them. That's right. Here in uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, Governor Wolf's office has said that if this, if if they implement this. He could see easily about two hundred thousand people in Pennsylvania losing money that allows them to eat eat <coughs> and he says the elderly, the disabled, and working families would be disproportionately affected. How do people how do these people? How do they sleep at night? How do they? It, it, it is just it is just beyond belief. Uh, Pennsylvania State Senator said uh, this is absolutely unconscionable and absolutely immoral. Yeah, no, that's what that's how they roll. <clears throat> so. No, we, you know, I mean, uh, he's just taking a, 
a a page out of Missouri's book. I mean, they've been doing that forever. I, they, their first idea of where to cut is always, yeah, oh, let's throw some poor people off of Medicaid. That's right. Shirkers. Oh, let's not feed these kids. Shirkers. And see, here's the thing. We have been conditioned, Americans have, to believe when we hear the poor and people who benefit from food stamps or welfare, what do we see? Black We see the inner city full of black black people. people. We see Baltimore. Mm, That's right. Now, here is the reality. You know who it is? It's It's the white white, folks in the boot heels of Missouri. It's white, rural, small town people. It's it's Kentucky guys. It's Mitch McConnell's home state. And actually, where did I see this? Because this is provable. The poorest countries, counties, excuse me. First of all, the highest use of food stamps is in a county in Kentucky, which is 99% white. 96% Republican. And what is it that somehow when we talk about these poor white people in rural America, the forgotten people, the Trump voters, we're supposed to see them as victims somehow. And when we see poor people in Baltimore, we're supposed to somehow see what? An infestation? People who don't want to work. Out of the instead 25... Of, instead I'm, of people that are, are working three jobs and are, and are still paying just about as much rent, for example, in the city of Chicago for a substandard, overcrowded building in a, in a bad neighborhood as people... Uh, one mile away are paying for a much nicer building. I mean, the the, the difference in cost in Chicago between you know, nice and not nice is like $100. Listen, let me tell you and something. So I don't there know are if you other s- things at play. I don't know if you saw this, but one of the big slumlords in Baltimore is Jared Kushner. Oh, yeah, I know. It's Jared Kushner. <coughs> you bet I saw it. Okay. So here's something else. One of the 25 worst counties in the U.S. to live of, of the out of the, excuse me out of the 25 worst counties in the United States to live, the most awful, poor places. Ten of the top 25 are in Mitch McConnell's state of Kentucky, and they are overwhelmingly white. If Trump and the Republicans want to talk about shitholes and about uh, drug-ravaged, poverty-stricken, crime-infested, whatever. Look at those lily-white counties and red states. Don't look at urban America. I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. Well, but, you know, (laughs) a perception is reality these days. 
Henry writes, when I heard Trump telling his lies about 9-11, I thought to myself that society generally punishes people for lying. A perfect example, Brian Williams, NBC, who was accused of conflating a war story. His punishment was the loss of his job, right? Why does, right. Trump, why does Trump get away with it? Why wouldn't a reporter call him out in real time as soon as Trump makes a false claim? They, some of them are starting to. Truth is the biggest casualty of his presidency. There's no doubt about it. Well, no, it. They, they absolutely haven't. You noticed there's no more press conferences because that's exactly what started happening. <laughs> People just said that's, that's a lie. Right. So, so then what do you do? You stop having events where you tell lies and people say that's a lie. You just tweet your lies. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I have the voice to read Milt's email, but let me try, okay? Okay, you can forward it to me, and I'll. <clears throat> <laughs> That's beyond you. Never mind. <laughs> Ernie. <clears throat> okay. Susan's rant about white males and crime, combined with the most recent mass shootings, actually, there's another one being reported as we speak at a Walmart in Mississippi, has, oh has me revisiting an old query I've had an issue with for the last four to five years. Why is it that, that, one, that the one violent crime that white males excel at, <laughs> above all other, is the one crime for which the American media is suddenly calling for the anonymity of the culprits? Oh, you mean we're not would supposed that, to give be rape? the names of these white mass murderers? We're not supposed to let them be heroes to other no. potential. I get that, but okay. I understand I, why. That's but, different. Okay, but well, Milton, let's let Milton uh, do his do his case. Are we really to believe that by identifying white male mass shooters, we create more mass shooters? Or is this about white Americans consistently having a really difficult time seeing mass killers who look like them? And if this is the case, why does it, why does it only apply to mass shooters? Couldn't a dude robbing a liquor store inspire more liquor store robberies? Yet we ID them on television and in print all of the time. Or a female shoplifter inspire more shoplifting if her identity is revealed? Why have we all just accepted this new drive to keep the name and ID of these mass shooters out of the media? Despite what we're being told, IDing the shooter does not glorify his deeds, but vilifies his crimes. I don't go for this new narrative at all. This isn't about preventing mass shootings. It obviously doesn't work. It's about preventing white males from being the face of mass shootings in this country. Well, he certainly has a point. It certainly has that effect. And at this point, it probably is, you know, uh, shutting the barn door after the horses have gone, because there's enough of them out there to, you know, Google on, on if you want to insatiably steep yourself in this stuff. Um yeah, I mean, I just, they, we are always trying to figure out how to, it's the same thing as the judges that, that 
that get mad at the rape victim girl for complaining in the first place and ruining that nice, nice teenage boy's, boys. Yeah. life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, we uh, always want to blame the other, right? Yeah. Well, Milt, Milton always has a very interesting take, and I'm, I'm. Well, you I'm, know, and it all starts with the first lie, where Jesus is white, which we all know is just laughable. Correct. Uh, here's a um, here's a chilling statistic that Ed sent me. Um. He sent it to me yesterday, so I, he's, the number might be a little bit off here. Uh, he says a reporter mentioned that the shooting at Gilroy, the most recent one, that this is the 200... Well, apparently not. Not. Yeah, this is ahead. the 210th day of the year, and there have been 240 mass shootings in our country because they are all collateral damage to the right of some idiots to hold machine guns and don't call in and say Susan doesn't know her guns I'm talking about anything that with the pull of one trigger or with a bumper stock allows it to behave as if with the pull of one trigger, you can release 40 shots across, you know, a room. Or if that's an exaggeration, I don't know, 20, whatever it is. This is just nonsense. And, and to argue anything else is just stupid. And the day you're willing to put your kid and your grandkid in some sick white teenager's gun... I'll listen to you. Offer up your kids and grandkids. Yeah. Ugh. Well, there's certainly a lot to be very angry about. Did you on on speaking of anger, there is the did you read about Trump's meeting with the uh CEOs of American and uh No. Uh, and uh, United, no. and he he was mad that Delta didn't show. And then there was a representative of the U of the uh, Amer- uh, UAE's um, airline, and and the CEOs, uh, American CEOs, rightfully, um, you know, I think came in with the idea that this meeting was for Trump to be on their side to explain why. The Emirates um, subsidizing their airlines gives them an unfair trade advantage and allows them to run routes in at, un, at you know uncompetitive rates because no one can you yeah, just can't no, do it unless Trump does business with the Emirates. So. But Trump spends the whole thing a pissed off that Delta didn't show up and be on this on the wrong side until it devolved into this absolute screaming match i mean this is reported in the new york times I mean, this is this is what's happening in the in the in the meetings of our president or that you i'm sure you've discussed the one where they ran his speech uh past uh someone in the united arab emirates for an okay before he gave it you know, um, 
I don't know how this is going to end, but I don't think at the rate we're moving now that we can make it even to the election. I, I, he's going to, I don't understand what is going to happen if he continues to sort of up the ante and um, in this way and the Republicans continue to stay silent, I don't understand um, where we're I, well, going to I up. don't understand how Mitch McConnell with a straight face cannot even bring the, the election bills to a vote and scream McCarthyism when he's pressed. I mean, I feel like I'm in a, you know, I'm like in a weird uh, yeah, remake yeah. of Alien, yeah. and and the whole the whole Congress is really not human anymore. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I know it's like you know, I, I I know we all know we know we know we know, and Susan, our, well, t- our time is up. Did I scream my way through another hour? Yeah, your blood pressure is elevated. Um, I've had to. I, do you know I've had to double my my blood pressure medication? No. Speaking of, I have. Yes. Well, I told you last week that he figured into the, my my answers on my Medicare test. I mean, he's now he's costing you know. You the can't let him kill you with my Medicare with my okay. prescription. Sorry, guys. Uh, Bye. Okay, you can't let him kill you. I mean, you got to get to your birthday. Come on. Your birthday tomorrow. Barbara, by the way, has said uh, happy birthday to Susan. I'm sure others. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, so I'm 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 I I am a, a proud 68. I just so you aren't wondering that how old <laughs> this voice is. Yeah, okay. my kid sister is 68. I you know. I, <laughs> yeah, I really just do that to embarrass my older sister. <laughs> and she means older. Yeah. Right. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. And guys, Bye. I'll see I'll see you tomorrow, okay? Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.